What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome back to your weekly dose of all that is pro wrestling with them boys from 607 Podcast. That's right, it's time for 607 Podcast presents The Wrestling Show, better known as 607 TWS. We are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am the host of the 3FN Podcast and your host here at 607TWS. My name is Rich, and I'm joined, as I am each and every week, in the co-pilot's chair by the man that is my co-host here. But you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? Pro grappling at its finest. We got a lot to talk about and hopefully keeping it in that condensed time. Of course, in the main event of this show, we are going to talk and preview uh, the upcoming gigantic card coming up this upcoming Saturday to the Peacock. Cock, 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 the peacock, and there, of course, is WWE Crown Jewel. Then in the mid card, we're going to be breaking down some of that indie roundup with Game Changer Wrestling had an event, big event this past week. So did in Glory Pro Wrestling, their first event on Fight Plus. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that. And also, big, huge news, Forbidden Door news, but not AEW's Forbidden Door. We'll, we'll chat about that in the not-too-distant future. But of course, in the opening contest, we have some AEW stuff to talk about, including... The latest on the mess that is <laughs> CM Punk and the Elite, the uh, Scrum Gate, as we've been calling it. Yes. And then also some more important stuff leading in to uh, the upcoming AEW pay-per-view full gear. But that's all on the docket and more. But before we get there, Ken M, tell the fine folks how to find yourself and the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on the social media accounts. They're all right there on the front page with the Public store link, the Patreon link, Parlay Points blog section, a brand new blogs count anywhere just dropped. You definitely want to go check that out for anything and everything that is the ODPH. It can be found at odphpodcast.com. And of course, if you want to get a hold of me and the 3FN podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNpodcast.com. All the social media links are there. Remember to use the uh, hashtag 607TWS whenever talking about the wrestling show. Also, uh, you have you know the page for the 3FN podcast, the page for 607TWS, friends of the show, the ODPH podcast. You have a link there for you can listen right off our website and also go over to their website and check out their directory where they literally have like 125,000 links yep. uh, to get to their show. So whatever Sounds provider right. whatever provider you're on here on Earth or Mars <laughs> or Venus, uh, you can find the ODPH. We, I, I'm just too lazy for that. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> also, if, while you're at 3FNpodcast.com, you can find the link for the Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FNpodcast for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content and help support everything we do here. Also, our T Public link is there as well. And then, you know, musical directory, which includes the band Floodlands, who song ruins you hear each and every week to open this show check them out and support all the bands that are on the music directory by checking them out on youtube music spotify and Bandcamp. and last but certainly not least there is those local sponsors especially the sponsors uh, for this show in particular is dragon master games for all your magic the gathering gaming needs visit them on the world wide web dragonmastergames.com thank you for helping us bring this to everybody commercial free ken m before we can get to the watch, though, we have a PSA because some shit popped off over the last 24 hours on the Internet. And for some reason, there's people melting and the world is falling. And I feel like we have to address this as the podcast that calls it right down the middle. 
we need to address some situations going down because I see a lot of fans out there confused. I see a lot of content creators confused. I see a lot of wrestlers confused. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people confused out there. And I, I'm not one to shy away from things. And this, I didn't want to make a part of the show because I'm not trying to put this on All Elite Wrestling. I'm not trying to put this on World Wrestling Entertainment. I'm not even trying to put this on the dirt sheets, although they're partially to blame. Mm. I just want everybody to know where we stand and where everybody should stand on this issue because I think both sides are wrong. And of course, if you guys have been living under a rock, there's a person who we don't name. Uh, He's from New York, according to his handle, because let's be honest, this guy should be, you know, if you're not going to like this person, you should not like him for his racist, misogynistic, homophobic comments that he's made that are documented all over social media and YouTube. So I'm not going to even get into them. And for those people who are fans of his that go, well, he's misunderstood. That didn't happen. No, there's enough evidence. Right. So if you're not going to like this guy for those reasons, this guy from NY, if you will. I understand. And trust me, I don't like him. Ken M don't like him. Nope. It's not like we're following him. It's not like we're tagging him or he's tagging us. We we had nothing to do with the dirt merchant. Mm-hmm. Nothing. But for once, I'm not siding with him. But for once, the controversy that is aroused over this and the bigger picture that we're going to be talking about mostly here in this BSA is, is something that he didn't do wrong, per se. So if you've been living on a rock, we're just going to give you the bullet points. I'm not going to read tweets because I don't want to give this too much. I don't want to give the actual beef right. too much light because I don't give a fuck about it. I just want to talk about the implications. Right. And where people should stand in the confusion level. And so you just have to understand that the person from NY had tweeted about how this upcoming week we are getting Jade Cargill defending the TBS title once again against Marina Shafir. Mm-hmm. And he just made the point that this match is going to be terrible because Marina can't wrestle. And listen, I've said that. Ken has said yep. that. A ton of people on the internet have said that. There is better women who should get shots in that women's division. I'm looking at Penelope Ford. I'm looking at Willow Nightingale, although she's gotten a shot before. But still, better better option. I'm looking, you know, I'm looking at the Bunny if she's healthy because I've seen she's been doing some in-ring stuff, like at least working out. I don't know if she's completely healthy yet. You know, and we could go on. Athena, go on and on and on. Even with people who have gotten shots or not gotten shots. But whatever. There's way better choices <laughs> than Marina Shafir. And that's not taking anything away from Marina, the person. Right. That is just saying that what she is choosing to do as a pro wrestler, she's not very good at. And I think we can all agree upon that. And she's had ample amount of time between her training at NXT and allegedly training outside here that you think she would get just a little bit better. And it still hasn't happened. So whatever. It is what it is. Right. That's innocuous enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm not defending what this person does. I'm not defending dirt sheets because we know I'll never do that. <laughs> I'm just saying that tweet alone did not warrant what happened next because Jade Cargill goes on, you're not going to slander my coworkers, da-da-da-da-da, which brought him going firing back, and there's this whole thing, and then Britt Baker jumps in, and Rebel jumps in, and all these people from the AEW locker room and other places jump in and pile on. Now, mind you, if you were piling on to this person for being a misogynistic, homophobic, racist piece of shit... We're on board with you. Right. I applaud you. I wouldn't even be telling you not to do it. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're talking shit about the fact that he's a dirt sheet guy who gives out bad information, like all the other dirt sheet guys, guess what? Once again, you know, let's 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 just hit it because uh, we all we have a segment that's. So you know we ain't got no love for the dirt sheets. Exactly. We ain't got no love. I mean, I'm not saying I wish ill will to any of them, and I have conversations with them. Shout out to SRS. But, <laughs> but at the same point in juncture, 
I don't. I, I don't have any ill will. I just don't listen to their nonsense. It's their business. So whatever they do, that's their thing. We don't do that here. But you know, like I say, do you? But the broader implication here, not the drama. The broader implication that got brought up, and then for whatever reason, Glenn Gilberti had something that I didn't like it because I can't bring myself to do that. But I at least for once went, oh, he's not a dumbass. And then he made a dumb tweet right after. So I was like, okay, great. He's still a dumbass. <laughs> uh, Disco Inferno still sucks. But at least he was honest about like, you can't go after somebody for their opinion. Right. And that's the takeaway here because what this turned into is, well, if you ain't doing this, if you're not a wrestler, you can't have an opinion about wrestling. And that's literally what was said. By multiple sources. Rebel made that comment. Britt Baker made that comment. Jake Cargo made that comment. And a bunch of other people that I'm just going to let let be. It's enough. And my problem with that is, okay, so we're gatekeeping. So now we're gatekeeping. And this is something that does happen in wrestling all the time. And I hate it. That's what makes part of toxic wrestling Twitter, toxic wrestling Twitter. Because mm-hmm. they're gatekeeping. People gatekeep. Let me make this clear. First of all, before I even dive into what I'm going to, what my PSA truly is, let me ask this to anybody who wants to reach out to me, because I do know some wrestlers, especially even ones that I just listed. I know at least one of them does check out the show because I know the person personally. Here's my thing. Where is the experience? What, what is the cutoff for the wrestling part? Because if that's the case, I want to know where the gatekeeping's at because I have over 10 years in the business. I never was a pro wrestler. But I've done every other job in the wrestling business. I've been a ring announcer, a commentator, a booker, a handler, promoter, a fucking agent. You name it, I've done it. Except for wrestling. Because I was never a wrestler. Right? No, you're, so, you're right. So, so if that's the case, that means my opinion should matter still, right? I would say so. Yeah. My opinion is that Marina Shafir is a horrible wrestler. That is just my opinion. Does that mean that I don't like her as a person? No. no. I think she's probably a wonderful human being. She's married to somebody I do know, Roderick Strong. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he didn't marry somebody who's a horrible person because right. he's a great guy. And I, I, they have a lovely family. Nothing is personal. I'm just saying from her performance as somebody who has worked in the business, who has booked shows, and who knows how to technically watch wrestling and see what people do right and wrong, she does not make the cut. Can she get better? Yeah, maybe, but it's been so long that I don't know if she can. Maybe it's just not for her. And that is fucking fine, people. That is fine. So does that make me a horrible person? No. Because according to my technical expertise and my time in the wrestling business, I'm saying that... You're giving, She's not good. You're giving your critique of of the performance, not the person. Like there's there's a a complete two equation here. You can dislike somebody's performance and not going after the person directly. If you're trying to flip it that you're merging them into one, that doesn't make sense. Now, if the scumbag from NY would have gone after her personally, we would have been. Oh, that's a whole different. Yeah, that's a whole different one. But this case, he didn't. So. We have to keep that in mind. Yeah. So that's why this applies. So he doesn't, he he can't claim to have the wrestling experience. I do. I can claim that. But I can say that, well, based upon my experience, based upon my knowledge of wrestling and based upon what I've done in the wrestling business, whether big or small, I say that technically she doesn't get the job done. She's not entertaining. She doesn't check the boxes. She Mm -hmm. doesn't cut good promos. Her in-ring work is sloppy at best, and she's not entertaining. So you have to get better at those things if you're going to be an in-ring performer. It's called a performance, and it is art. And at the end of the day, from technical experience, from somebody who has went to a wrestling school, been a part of training at wrestling schools, and even done seminars myself, 
I can tell you right now, and also have been looking at talent for years to book for wrestling companies. Mm. I still do that for wrestling companies. Ken knows that behind yeah, the scenes. This is true. So technically, I'm still in the wrestling business. I just don't do it as a whatever. But I'm the person still who looks at people for other promoters to come and bring them in. Uh, they trust my opinions, and sometimes they send me tapes of young guys I've never seen before. And sometimes they're asking me about a young guy who I know from the indies. Or what What do I think? Who do I think that they should book? So that still happens to this day. That's not a lie. No, that's fact. So technically, I'm still involved. But here's my, my most important takeaway. Here's the PSA, folks. Mm-hmm. Because none of that is fucking important. None of it is important. And, I'm gonna, and I mean, it, it's cool to get my take and stuff on it. And if you guys appreciate that, that's why you tune in. Thank you so much. However, none of that is important. Because here's the most important thing that I need you to remember. This is the PSA. If you are a wrestling fan, you are allowed to have an opinion. You are allowed to say that a wrestler is not good. You are allowed to say a wrestler is great. And that opinion is your opinion and your opinion alone. And maybe people share your opinion and maybe they don't. And I guarantee because it's, you know, if, if it's, you're looking at good or not good, it's 50-50, right? Mm-hmm. So nobody can take that from you. And if you want to voice that re- opinion, as long as it's in a respectful way, that's fine. And understand that people will be like, well, if you say somebody sucks, that's not respectful. No, no, it is. Because you can say somebody's terrible without attacking them. Right. You can say, oh, they're not a good wrestler without attacking them. You can say that they're a trash wrestler without attacking them. There's a lot of things you can say that don't attack them personally. Once again, I'm sure Marina Shafir is a very, very nice woman. I have never heard a bad word about her as far as the human being, and I applaud her for that 110%. I do not have a problem with her personally. However, with my eye test, with the three things that I just mentioned a minute ago and all my expertise, I can tell you she doesn't check those boxes. And you know what? You know who else does can tell you she doesn't check those boxes? The fans, because they don't have a reaction to her. Mm-hmm. That is the telltale giveaway. When she's in a match, she comes to the ring. There's no booze. There's no cheers. There's a lot of nothing. That is the worst thing you can get in the pro wrestling business. But the fans have decided. That's the case. Let's go into the why the, the fans' opinion is the most important. Because without the fan, there is no pro wrestling. There is no All Elite Wrestling. There is no World Wrestling Entertainment. There's no Game Changer Wrestling. There's no New Japan. There's no NOAA. There's no Ring of Honor. There's no Glory Pro. There is no... There is no from the shittiest of shindy that wrestles in front of 30 people in a fucking American Legion all the way to WWE WrestleMania in front of 90,000 people. There is none of that without fans. None of it. So... What pisses me off, and this pissed me off when I was working in the wrestling business full-time, what this pisses me off about is that when you down short fans' opinions. I've had fans come to me and ask me, hey, I'd love to do a podcast and, and give opinions, but I don't have the expertise you do, and I wasn't in the wrestling business, so I don't believe I can do that. Listen, do it. If that's in your heart, fucking do it. You have the right to give an opinion. You have a right to say if something's good or bad. And do people have the right to attack you? They shouldn't. Are they going to? Probably. But you have the right to not give a shit just like I don't. Mm -hmm. Because I know that, you know, there's two things that I've learned in this life. And I'm going to say it in the rudest way possible. And then I'm going to say the real nice version of it. Because Ken's heard me say this before. Yes. If I get attacked, I'm like, it's not my job to, to educate stupid people. It's not my job. That's how I look at it. Now, if you come at me respectfully and we're having a conversation, that's a whole other beast. But if you attack me personally or you attack my opinion and you're just an asshole, it's not my job to educate stupid people. What that means is that it's not my job to argue with anybody because you're never going to change my opinion and I'm probably never going to change yours. So it doesn't matter. So we can either respectfully have a conversation or, or agree to disagree. But there is no reason to ever be toxic because it don't fucking matter. It don't matter. Thanks for the interaction. Asshole. Have a good day. Not everybody can do that for some reason, but I've learned how to do that a long time ago. 
the mute button is strong on Twitter. Yeah, I don't even give them the block privilege. I give them mute. Yep. Because they don't know they're muted and they ain't blocked. So they can't even go, hey, see this guy blocked me like an asshole. Eh. Mute button is a beautiful thing, folks. Just so y'all know. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. If you want to give your opinion as long as respectful, you can do that. Like I've had to deal with over this weekend, people arguing about the blog because what I said about MJF, which is he's got a very bright future and a big spotlight coming up on him. And I had some haters coming in and just decided to be toxic. And you know what? They got hit with a mute button because you know what? That's not a respectful opinion. If you want to give it a tasteful opinion and just be cordial about it and have the conversation, that's a whole different ball of the game. But if you're going out there just to attack for no reason, then you're going to get ignored. You're going to get blocked out and your opinion doesn't matter. Exactly. But in the case where you're being respectful and you're just giving an honest, I like or dislike opinion, the wrestling fan has every right to give an opinion because without the wrestling fan, there is no wrestling business. So the fact that there's wrestlers out there that are giving this shit about you don't get to have an opinion as a fan, that only if you work in the business you get to have an opinion, listen, I worked in the business, I'm telling you, you get to have a fucking say. And I get you, you know what? Brighter minds than me, Eric Bischoff and, and, and more people will tell you the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, when I worked in that business and still to this day uh, doing content creating for this business, I can tell you this 110%. Whatever the temperature in the room, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent from the fans is what you have to go with. Yeah. You know how many times I've said, and if you've listened to this program for you know the 151 episodes that we've already put out, this being the 152, and, and Ken knows, and he knows from being my friend, or you've seen this online, how many times have I said that, hey, I don't understand why they're doing this, but the business part of this, I get why they're doing it because that person's caught fire. Exactly. Like, I don't think this person's going to make a difference, but right now they're hot and you got to go with that. You got to go with what's hot. You got to put over that hot person because if you don't, you're leaving money on the table. Mm -hmm. How many times when Roman Reigns was not the Roman we know now, when we first started this program, we were like, fuck, they're just shoving sucker and suck attached down our throat. What don't they get? And how many times would my response be to you or whoever brought that up to me? Hey, you know how much money he's making in fucking merchandise? Exactly. That's why you're getting it. John Cena, same thing. You know why? You know what? You might not love them, but the kids do. And guess what? They're the ones that parents are buying them all that shit. By the way, I will always argue the day I died, John Cena is one hell of a fucking worker. So for anybody who's shitting on John Cena, trust me, if you knew what you look for and you were breaking it down, you would understand how good he truly is. Because when you're like, well, he had a great match with Shawn Michaels, it takes two to dance. Mm-hmm. It takes two. If both parties are good, it's going to be great. If both parties parties are bad it's gonna suck if one party's good and one party's bad it's gonna eh at best there's nobody you know there's very few guys that are elevating a guy to that next level and making a great match happen when one of them's bad the best you could hope for is good or very good and that very rarely happens it does don't get me wrong on occasion but yeah i've seen guys like bret hart make that happen <laughs> you know but technically in the ring you're not touching bret hart whether he whines or not is irrelevant. you know what i mean <laughs> But my, my, to keep this so we're not going too far in the weeds, I just want all of you to know, do not be toxic. Be respectful, but your opinion does matter. And don't let somebody tell you or scare you away from giving an opinion. And don't let them scare you away just because of tribalism or whatever. If you're like me and you watch all the wrestling, you watch AEW, WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, GCW, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then guess what? Tweet about what you want in your opinions. And as long as you did them respectfully, and didn't do it to be a dickhead or a troll, 
that is perfectly fine. Do not let anybody discourage you. I just think that that was my PSA. I just had to give you the background to that because I just hate hearing that wrestling fans don't get to have an opinion. No, your opinion matters because if you didn't, if 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 when Britt Baker came to the ring and she goes Britt Baker and the crowd didn't go DMD, she would not have a J-O-B. Facts. Bottom line. Well, maybe she would because I, there, I, there's a little rumor in the internet about her and TK, and I'm almost starting to believe that one. I'm not here to spread gossip and bullshit, but it's a little fishy over there. Adam Cole, man, where are you at, bro? Like, why are you letting your girl go to England with TK? I'm just saying, bro. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no offense, and that's not me trying to, like, honestly, I'm not trying to spread dirt sheet bullshit. Right, but, right. but the problem is, is and, and it's not even a shot at Britt, because I think Britt's got a great career right now. Mm-hmm. And the, the DMD is what keeping her in business. But for her to say that the wrestler wrestling fan's opinion doesn't matter because they're not a wrestler, that's dumb, because without the crowd saying DMD, you don't have a J-O-B, and that's the bottom line, because Rich said so. Fans buy tickets. Fans buy merch. Fans buy the pay-per-views or premium events, subscriptions. Fans are what fuel that business. At the end of the day, if they don't come into the arenas, if they don't watch on TV, if they don't watch on stream, there is no business. And that's the whole thing. If you are coming there with an opinion, you can like who you like. You don't have to like who you don't like. As long as you're being respectful and not toxic, it's perfectly fine. The fact that everybody got up in arms about that, it's ridiculous because your opinion does matter. And I'll take it a step further because I said earlier because I do have some friends who I know listen to the show who have said about doing podcasts and multiple actually. If you guys want to do that, like I've always told people don't necessarily drop all the money at first, but if you guys want to do that, do it. Give your opinion. It doesn't matter if you worked in the business or not. And if it really, if you really think the opinion matters, I'll tell you what, you start your podcast and you get it going, I'll, I'll come on your podcast. How about that one? We'll make it even better uh, to, to start because then, then you can say that somebody with a valuable opinion yeah. allegedly <laughs> is on your podcast. And, and I don't think my opinion is necessarily more valuable than it. Is it based more in knowledge and inner workings of wrestling? Yes. Oh, absolutely. But some of it is also is my fanhood because mm-hmm. you get two things when you, and we've said this forever, you get two things here. Ken's a, Ken's a wrestling fan, uh, like me, a lifelong wrestling fan. He's a historian of wrestling. That's what we both have in common. So you're getting that from us. You're getting the historian portion you're getting the fandom portion we live breathe eat sleep we watch too much fucking wrestling my wife my (laughs) wife will tell you and then on top of that you're getting the fact that i have a ton of experience and i worked in the wrestling business so i was broken in as they say brother into the business so i understand the inner workings of pro wrestling i understand uh the booking of the show so sometimes when you get it and i even say it this is Mm -hmm. coming from the booker aspect this is why they're booking this this way this is why they're doing it do i agree with it no uh, or maybe i say yes yeah but this is why they're doing it so it gives you a better understanding because at least i understand that portion right the other part of it is me being a fan as well so you're getting the best of both worlds and that's why we try to deliver to you right down the middle because i don't give a fuck what the three letters are mm-hmm. i love pro wrestling and if it's good i'm gonna say it's good and if it's bad i'm gonna say it's bad i never and i've never done gone as far i mean the dirt sheet writers i've attacked oh yeah <laughs> but i've never never attacked a wrestler for being uh you know anything but i mean we don't talk about he who shall not be named who has been dead for a while now Mm -hmm. because of you know reasons the the (laughs) the uh double homicide that he committed you know we don't talk about that person i just wanted to give you guys a clue who it was but that's why because that person was a piece of shit Mm -hmm. and so they shouldn't be talked about and they should be left to the wayside so 
you're never going to hear me come out here and say this person's horrible. I mean, you've heard me say that CM Punk's not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's coming from reliable sources. But then again, you might get a little uh, feed here when we open the opening segment because we will be talking about CM Punk a little bit. So with that being said, keep your opinions, have your opinions, be a fucking fan, love what you love, don't watch what you don't love, and, and keep it strong. And if somebody attacks you for your opinion, just fuck them. Yeah. You, if it's on Twitter, mute them. If, uh, or just ignore it. Who cares? Does it really make a difference at the end of the day? No. I, I mean, uh, we talk about our good friend Walt all the time. Me and Walt don't agree on everything, but Walt spent time as a wrestler and referee and everything else in wrestling business as well. And sometimes me and him disagree on certain things. That's fine because he's a fan of, you know, he's a he's an old school fan. He likes that old Memphis territory stuff and he likes Japanese stuff just like me and a lot more. I know it's going to pop him a little bit for me to uh, tell him about some of the old school stuff there. But at the same time, I've always been like, I love that old stuff. I watch that old stuff, but I've always been an evolutionist in wrestling and loving to see the next generation and what they cook up for everybody as well. So I, as much as I have respect for the Luthezes and the Terry <laughs> Funks, who I've one of the few people I've ever marked out for in the business and, and, and everybody else in between, I still have respect for the Will Ospreys and Ricochets and everybody else in the world who are doing the flippity dippity shit too, because it's just a new age, people. Yeah. It's a new age and wrestling is just going to keep going. And what you, you know, you can be a fan of the, you know, Terry Funk versus Ric Flair or Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair or whatever from the past. And also be a fan of Will Osprey versus Ricochet from a few years ago. You know, the one that made Jim Cornette have a fucking aneurysm. <laughs> so you can, you can be both. Yes. You know, so that's all I'm saying, guys. I just don't want you guys to get discouraged by pro wrestlers because I know it's it's intimidating that they're telling you you can't have an opinion and then there's the people who are obviously going to loudspeaker them. And that's fine. They If that's what you truly believe, <laughs> have at it. But once again, what are you going to attack me for? <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting here telling you how much experience. And I, you know what? My job as a booker was to make the fans pop. And I used to sit in the back. And you know what the best part of my job, and I've said it on the show before, mm -hmm. was when I wrote something in, and I'm like, this is where they're going to pop. And the crowd popped. Without that fucking crowd and without that pop, my job was worthless. Right. So it wasn't each and every one of those performers in that ring. Because if they were just wrestling in front of, you know, the people running the show and whatever, first of all, we wouldn't be able to pay them because there'd be no ticket prices. <laughs> and secondly, would they get, you know, what would they get out of it? Exactly. You know, the big drug is uh, of wrestlers is the live crowd, the pop. Same thing with the booker and everybody else. Without the crowd, where are we at? So don't tell me that the uh, fans' perspective does not matter because it does. So PSA, just do what you love, like what you love. And once again, I keep my word. If you want to start up a podcast about pro wrestling and uh, you're just a fan, you're just two fans or three fans or however many and you just want to talk and you want a guest to quote-unquote legitimize shit, go ahead and hit me up because I'm glad that you're a fan of ours and I'll be a fan of yours as well. We might not agree 100%, but... We can have those conversations. We can have those conversations. And yeah, you never know. Sometimes you might convince me. Sometimes I might convince you. Sometimes we can agree to disagree and move on. But we're going to move on right now because PSA is over. Rant time's over. We need to get into the show. And of course, Ken, I think you've got to check your watch because it's time. It is time to kick off the wrestling show. And we are going to kick it off with some all elite wrestling and for the 999,000th one time, <laughs> we are going to talk about Scrum Gate to open up. I promise I don't want to stay on this too long, 
because I have fucking I have said everything we did. So last week on AEW Dynamite, which was another good show, let's give it its props. It was another good show. Uh, there is a thing I didn't like, but we're going to talk about it in the build up to full uh, gear. Mm. But for the most part, I thought the in ring action on the show was good. They also kept to not doing too many promo spots. Yeah, th- I dug that. They're kind of making some corrections. So if you're if you're listening down there in Jacksonville, kudos. I'm giving you a thumbs up. Last couple of weeks of TV have been fucking mwah, as far as Dynamite goes. Rampage, whole, whole other ball game. story there. And now that you're doing it live, uh, we'll focus on that some other time because I don't want to get too negative here. Sure. I think that they did a good job, though. I did enjoy the matches on AEW Dynamite, and I, I love the, the pullback. Uh, there's just one thing I didn't like, and believe it or not, was not that FTR lost. I like the story moving forward. With that, Even with, with FTR losing, they still have a story moving forward, which is good. It was actually the finish of the show. But we'll talk about that in a minute because yeah. we're building towards full gear. And I want to really, I really want to shine that out because I'm, I, I'm not less excited for full gear, but now I'm a little, because I, I think I see the writing on the wall. But still, we'll talk about it in a minute. Let's talk about Scrum Gate for the final time. On Dynamite, we got the first, not appearance, but the first images of the Elite. And they did, uh, I, I, I got to credit Walt, my good friend Walt, I just talked about him, was saying, are they fucking doing the NWO with the, the Elite? And I, 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 and at the time I wasn't home, so I didn't catch the first part. So I had to go back and rewatch the first part. I watched the rest of the show, and uh, after I watched it, I saw the package where they're fucking basically Thanos Avengers, snap. Yeah. Thanos snap fading away, and then the last shot is the AEW fading away. I was like, maybe they are. Maybe, I mean, I'm not saying exactly NWO, but they are, and I'm excited for this. I think this is a really cool package to bring back the Elite here in the next few weeks. Are they going to be Team Elite and fuck AEW? I think that would be the best way to bring them back because you can bring some of that real-life drama in that Tony Khan likes, and and it does do well. And, you know, we can't escape this drama. No. So maybe we can get a positive out of the negative that has been Scrumgate. So I'm on board with what they're doing right now with the Elite. But that brought other news because... Somebody decided to reach out to CM Punk and ask CM Punk or his people, technically, how they felt about the return of the elite on Dynamite. And uh, that's where a representative for CM Punk uh, disclosed the fact that a uh, few facts. First of all, CM Punk has stayed silent this whole time because he was asked to go home and be quiet about everything that's going on uh, until the investigation was over and they would handle it from there. So that's what he's done. I have a hard time believing that because the man likes to, to talk shit. That's what he does. That's mm-hmm. why we're in the position we're in. But that's what he says. Okay, take it at face value. The next thing, first time we're hearing about this as well, is he said that uh, the representative said, sorry, representative for CM Punk, made it clear that during this scrum at the, at the scrum gate, uh, he, the door got kicked in and the hit Larry the dog and loosened some of his teeth, and he had to go to the vet, and he lost some teeth as a result of the loosening of teeth. If that is true, that is fucking horrible. Mm -hmm. However, once again, this is the first time we're hearing it. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying this is the first time hearing it, and that is fucking horrible. That does not align with the other accounts we've heard, but if he's saying that his account has never been truly spoken, then that is why. He also, there was the representative said that uh, Ace Steel's wife was also in the room and that that was part of the reason that it escalated because of the safety issue. So we're going back to what we heard originally from the punk camp when this originally popped out. The only other statement we've ever heard from punk's camp, which was that he felt threatened and that's why there was violence. He feared for his life, quote unquote, yeah. which I think still is a little fearing yeah. for your life from the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega is still a little fucking Looney Tunes. 
So I I, I, I understand that legal words, yeah, you have to say certain things, but whatever. So I don't know if this is true or not. It's it's kind of irrelevant if it is or not. Like that is something that is between AEW's front office, the elite, CM Punk, and the law. And of course, now we're hearing that he is uh, going to be uh, filing a lawsuit against all elite wrestling and all parties involved. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. But that is what is now coming out after these statements. Before I go any further, how do you feel about these new statements from CM Punk's camp and the fact that he may or may not be filing a lawsuit? You knew this situation is just getting more messy with the legal system involved. So I'm not super shocked at that. Because I knew it, no matter how it ends up, nobody's going to win in this one. Nobody. So for that aspect, I'm expecting this to get drug out in the legal system for quite some time, in my opinion. Uh, as for the reason behind it, honestly, I just don't even care anymore. Like, I've, I've gotten so tired of this because it really doesn't matter to us as fans. The only thing I want to know is who's coming back that I'm be excited to see on TV and who's not. That's literally where I am with this. I'm actually agreeing with you there. I think as a fan, as a commentator, I have to talk about this. Oh, sure. No, absolutely. Yeah. As as a fan, I could care less at this point. And here's the th- reason why. And it's not saying I don't care about a dog being injured. because I No, if, I do care about if that, people, yeah. If people know me, I like I like animals a lot more than I like people. <laughs> so, yeah. so therefore, it, it does hit a nerve with me if that's the truth. However, the problem with it is this. At this point in juncture... Where where we're at so convoluted and shitty that that nobody here looks good. So let's say it's true. So that makes Kenny Omega and Young Bucks or whoever kicked the fucking door in look like a dickhead. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Punk already looked like a dickhead taking an Aaron dirty laundry in the ring and dynamite and then during the media scrum. Mm -hmm. So no matter what, there's a bunch of people looking like dickheads and a lot of black eyes on AEW in the pro wrestling business. At the end of the day, everybody is guilty of something. Even if they, even if the Young Bucks and Omega just came to the door, the door wasn't open, and then the shit popped off. Even if they, if their account of it, and they were completely innocent, if that's true, because remember that was one of the accounts, and that was from them, was that they didn't do anything. Punk threw the first punch, which he did say he did, mm. but he felt threatened. They said they didn't kick in the door. They just came and meet up, and he before they could even get a sense out, he threw a punch at Matt Jackson, and they steal through a chair and knock down fucking Nick Jackson, and then. Kenny Omega allegedly ushered Larry the dog out was their story, and then he got bit by a steel. Yeah. And those were the stories. And on the punk side, we know that the violence part is real because they never said, the representatives of Ace Steel and CM Punk never said that any of the account of the throwing punches, throwing chairs, and biting was false. That has always been considered to be true. Mm-hmm. That the but the difference is is they said they walked up and said hey you said if we have a problem come see you we got a problem and he said they kicked in his door and he feared for his life there's the stories but either way all of the parties are wrong yeah all of the parties are wrong because at the end of the day the elite even though they have a justification in a way still should have let cooler heads prevail they should have had a conversation elsewhere and at the end of the day the 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 real lying problem of this and i keep going back to and it's true is on tk tk should have stopped punk from having diarrhea of the mouth and none of this happens mm-hmm. so just told him no we're not talking about that now me and you will have a conversation after have a good day go back to your locker room exactly but instead he just sat there with a weird look on his face swallowing water weird well, in, in nodding and apologizing, so it looked like it co-signed everything that Punk said. Yeah, it was just an awkward PR image. I mean, no matter what, everybody involved in this is wrong somehow. Oh, absolutely. That's the whole thing. The Elite's wrong, TK's wrong, CM Punk's wrong, A-Steel's wrong, everybody's wrong. Mm-hmm. So this is a bad image. 
and we just need to move on. Now, here's the thing. As wrestling fans, we can move on. It looks like the Elite are coming back to TV. They're going to probably write something in the storyline, and hopefully it's amazing, right? And that's what I hope for. I hope it's good. I hope we can take a positive out of this negative. Perfect. On the CM Punk side, he's probably going to sue the shit out of AEW. That is also fine. But as wrestling fans, I'm not going to just, I mean, we'll bring it up when it gets brought in the news, but I'm not going to keep fucking coming back to the well to talk shit about it. At the end of the day, right now, if you're TK, here's your problems. This is the wrestling fan and the wrestling insider giving you your problems. And this is all perception is reality in wrestling, right? So on one side, we now know that you're siding with the elite, which I think is brave because I swore he was going to side with CM Punk. Mm -hmm. So I guess, I guess we were wrong. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting fact. All the rumors are out there. CM Punk wants out. They're going to buy out his contract. I bet you the lawsuit is because he won't let him out of the contract. So because he knows exactly what's going to happen when he does. Because that one thing, the one way that CM Punk and Triple H would fucking put down their hatred of one another is to fuck over the friend. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm. And right now it creates weird bedfellows. Triple H says, I'll give you money. I'll give you a WrestleMania main event. I'll give you the WWE title for a little run. And all you have to do in return is what I know you want to do. Air your grievances publicly. Yeah. Go ahead. Say whatever you want. As long, we'll t- you run it by our legal team, so we'll tell you what you can't say to get us sued. But other than that, you can talk about how much of a piece of shit Tony Khan is. You can talk about how much of a fucking uh, backwards-ass bullshit rinky-dink bullshit company AEW is. You can air out every grievance you have. And bury them live on television on on Monday or, or Friday or fuck it. We'll do it on both. And then we'll do it again on the preview live event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that is the one strange bedfellow. And that is where Tony Khan is. So the only way around this, by the way, and I'm going to say this now because it's going to bring us into what we're talking about, is Tony Khan needs to keep booking good dynamites. We need to we need to get better at Rampage, but keep booking good dynamites. And we need to get good, good uh, wrestling shows because for the wrestling fan, what will overcome any bad press that comes from CM Punk, maybe going to WWE and talking shit, or even if he doesn't, the lawsuit where shit will come out and it's going to be rough and it's going to be dirty and it's going to be whatever. The only thing that will overcome that in the fans' eyes is great product. I'm not saying it forgives everything, but if you're doing great product, people will go, okay, yeah, it's fucked up what happened in Scrum Gate. We already know that. However, at least we're getting some good TV out of it. At least we're getting some good wrestling. Yeah, at the end of the day, the product is going to stand on its own. So if you give them a good product, everything else around it is not going to matter. And that's the big takeaway that they've been able to do because even without these stars, and I forget where I saw this online, they were mentioning that, oh, yeah, they haven't had Punk, the Bucks, Omega on, and the ratings are still hovering around the same level. You're seeing other stars get pushed. It didn't hurt them. It didn't hurt them at all. You're seeing MJF finally get pushed to the main event spot, and he's running with that now. You're seeing a lot of wins from the wrestling side of things, which is huge. And if they can just keep that momentum going into full gear, that's a big win because now it appears, and I know I'm not going to touch upon full gear too much, but main events already been established. Other matches are now getting built with some time to get some stories in. So I would expect a bigger buy rate if they keep on this track. Not saying huge, but I think you're going to have a, see an increase. I agree. And with uh, it's this, sometimes with there not being a dip is a good thing because that means nobody's tuning out because of any of this. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's happening is that you haven't grown, but now we can try to grow. 
Now we can start growing. And I think if, if AEW continues to put on a solid dynamite in particular, but they do have to raise the value of Rampage. Uh, that's not going to hurt them a ton because, let's be honest, more people are going to focus on Dynamite's the flagship. Sure. So as long as that keeps going well, which the last few weeks have been very good, then I think we're going to see good things. And once again, going to the pay-per-view, once again, it's going to be also a thing. Also, you know, maybe some workings in and getting us some kind of fucking streaming deal, et cetera, et cetera, would also be good for business. But that can all come, and that will also help build the business as well. Getting away from that, though, that's going to be it for Scrum Gate for now. We'll tune back in when something happens. But right now, it is going to be a nightmare for AEW and Tony Khan, whether there's a lawsuit coming or whether you can reach an agreement where CM Punk leaves and then possibly shows up in WWE to run you down. Either way, if it's in a lawsuit, they're going to make up. People are going to get the transcripts and he's going to run you down either way. So either way, it's going to fucking happen. Mm -hmm. I, I would probably prefer that to be in the lawsuit. So Tony Khan, you just hire your lawyers and let them deal with the lawsuit. If he runs you through the mud there, you can just blame it on courts. If you cave and you let him go and he goes on WWE television, perception is reality yep and that is going to be a huge i'm not saying it's the end of AEW because it won't be but it will be a huge detriment to AEW, and that could be where you see some fans who are cm punk favorited fans leave to go back to the other competition mm -hmm. so then you might get a dip in your programming right now if you give them good shit and you go okay he still has issues with us but it is what it is and you can leave it there they'll still scream for cm punk but they're still watching the product if you let him go back to the other company it's going to change so you need to drag it out to win those fans over so they go back to just being AEW fans and not just CM Punk fans. Mm -hmm. Let's get to the one thing I did want to talk about for AEW before we uh, go to break. And that is, there was only one part that I thought was a disservice. And I didn't think it was not entertaining. I just don't like the two ways that this is going. And that was the MJF firm John Moxley business at the end of Dynamite. Well, it, it came into the promo. First of all, this is one of the things that I didn't get, and this is from a business standpoint, not as a fan, but this is from a business standpoint in, w, in, 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 in wrestling, is why did you have Renee do the interview with MJF and never do anything heel-wise? You never had him. I mean, he took some shots at John Moxley, but he never did it directly. He never did it. Oh, you, you, well, you know, Renee, he's, he's your husband. You fathered his child. So, or you mothered his child, sorry. So, you know, he's the father of your kid. So, you, you know how stupid he is. Or, you know, like try to poke the bear. Mm -hmm. He never really did that. And I get that you're telling a different story, and that's fine. But I just thought it was weird that choice. You could have just had Shivani do the interview then. Or then you could say Shivani refuses after the attack maybe then have Taz do it or Excalibur or insert whoever. When you put somebody that is involved with one of the characters in and you don't use that to build a story per se, it's weird. That would be like having William Regal when William Regal and him had their standoff. It would be like him and William Regal not shooting barbs at each other, which was perfect. the way they did it, they, they fucking, it was great. It's two masters of the microphone killing it. But I just kind of found that weird with Renee. It didn't, it's not killing anything for me. I just found it weird. Am I wrong, or what is your take? No, I actually talked about this in the blog this week a little bit. I think what they're trying to do is establish that he's a face, and they're like they're leaning towards like he's making a full face turn, which they already kind of did this uh, way back when with the CM Punk feud. They you know, they dabbled with it for like a week or so, and then he went complete heel CM Punk. That's the way I took it they went this time because, yeah, the fact that he came out and didn't cut anything heel – with Renee there, that just seemed a little weird to me. But they couldn't do the Shivani because obviously they did the whole skit with Shivani a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. where he shoved him. So I was like, okay, that rules that out. Excalibur, I don't think it was going to come out to do 
an interview. But so, I mean, you're kind of left a little thin at, uh, on the the depth chart there for who could do the interview. But I think that that's what they're trying to do is do the big swerve. So then when it happens at full gear, everybody's going to be more blown away, quote unquote. Well, that's my other problem. So I think what they're doing now, let's get to the firm business, the end of the show. So at the end of the show, mm-hmm. like during that, Stokely came out during uh, the, the interview with Renee and MJF, and he told Stokely under everything, John Moxley is to go into my match at 120%. There is, you are not to touch him. You're not even to look at John Moxley. That he's going to earn this. You aren't to do anything. And then he walks away later in the show after the title defense from Penta and John Moxley, which, yes, was thrown together, but it was a good match, so it didn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed seeing the champion in an actual title match with a top contender, period, because Penta is a top contender anywhere. Yep. And I thought it was a very good match. So after the match, though, we have the firm jumping John Moxley, which brings out MJF. And MJF first comes out and then does the chicken shit heel thing and just says, eh, and he's bad, but he leaves. But then he comes running back out and he starts throwing punches. Mm-hmm. So now he's gone full face. He's saving Moxley. And then he pays the price as the firm lays him to waste. I mean, they hit every finish they could on him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the, the big uh, Morrissey. Morrissey puts him through a fucking table to end the show. Right. So he pays the price. So now it looks like MJF's a face. I don't think he's going to end up being a face. I think this is all a swerve. I, by the way, I hate when they do this swerve because mm-hmm. this is an old fucking wrestling trick anyways where like it's like in the tag match where you're fighting against the other team, but then you turn and your allegiance is the other. So why were you beating up on the other fucking team? It's just like this. You fucking just you let yourself get beat up by fucking five guys, six guys, whatever, and, and then they're going to be your allies again. Like it's fucking, you know, it's, it's, it's a psychological thing, but it still fucking doesn't make sense. But it's an old trope in wrestling. It's just like horror movie tropes of running up the fucking stairs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like you can't get too mad about it. So I really fully on think he's still going to be a heel. When it's all said and done, he's going to walk out with that belt and he's going to do it not by earning it because that's the whole point of the story, in my opinion. Now, they could do it the other way, and I think that's fucking weird because that's where I'm getting to. The problem, though, is now we're going to build the rest of this booking, which I thought was fucking great. Now we're going to build the rest of this booking to a face versus face match. Because now that's what you have to do. Yeah. Now you have to have face MJF and face John Moxley for at least a couple weeks. Because we have, what, two weeks left? Because November the 14th, 19th. 19th. So, yeah, two weeks left, a little over two weeks. So, therefore, you're going to have to build to that. And at least for a week or two, or until a dynamite before, so in a couple weeks, you're going to have to have MJF be a face. Now, you could swerve at the last uh, dynamite or rampage where he turns and shows that he's still the devil, mm-hmm. and then you lead in. But then you still had to waste a couple weeks of great build as having him be a face or convince the world he's a face. Yeah, And I just think it's a disservice to what the great story they were already telling. I love the story they were telling. And then you could uh, it, it, he was more of a tweener, but he was still a fucking heel with doing the whole, I'm going to earn it. And then you still have him lie. You know, because remember, with Renee, he says he's not going to use his ring. Mm-hmm. I don't need to use it. I'm going to earn it. So he's saying all these things knowing he's going to break every single one of them. Yeah, I mean, he's just playing into the whole the greatest trick the devil could do is convince he didn't exist. That's I, exa- I, I agree, but at the I, same I know, time, no, no, I agree with not, you. It, I think the build was better before. Oh, I agree with you completely. Like, just for whatever reason, they're going all in about this again. And like I said, they've done this before with the CM Punk thing. It's it's just something that for you're, you're my you were my hero yeah and he feels bad and then you know he leaves with his blood all over him exactly but that's the whole point of like what they do here and for whatever reason AEW has this tendency to do this storyline over and over and over again and especially with MJF because he cuts those very personal promos that makes the fans get on his side 
and only to rip their hearts out, which is great as a heel, but yet again, we just did this. There's a limit on how many times you can do that. Exactly. And I think that they were building to something great anyways. Like, I don't think we need this mm-hmm. this time. I and agree. That's just my thing. And I'm once again, this is not tempering my excitement. I'm still excited for full gear. Mm-hmm. I'm probably more excited for full gear than I have been for any pay-per-view AEW's done. And that's actually honest to God. No, I true. think that they have a great marquee main event, even though I don't like the the, the where they're changing the build. I still think it's a marquee main event for them where they're going to really get to focus on two people who they should focus on. And I think the car is going to fill out nicely behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're probably going to get what swerve in my glory versus the, the acclaim for the tag belts for the third time, which is fine. I wasn't my choice. You know how I feel the FTR should yep. be, but it's there. FTR probably defend the Ring of Honor titles against fucking uh, the Ass Boys unless they save that for the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, which they could. But I, I think it's a disservice to keep not having FTR on fucking pay-per-views. I'm sure Wardlow will be in a TNT title match, hopefully. I mean, they're kind of building that way. So him hopefully and, and powerhouse. Right. Hopefully they continue that. Mm-hmm. And that was the match I wanted. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm fucking happy, right? Uh, so I, I think that they're going in the right direction for this pay-per-view overall. So I'm going to keep uh, saying bated breath. I can't wait for a week or two when we uh, actually break this down and the picture's a little brighter and we know what's going on. But I do want to say, I think they did a disservice. I mean, I think he did a great job, but I think they did a disservice. I think that the build was better with the way it was. We were already building with this emotional where he was still a fucking heel and we're still having heel and face. And AEW does this weird face versus face shit a lot. And I'm just like, eh, guys, let's just, Mm, your best heel just leave him a heel because we know he's going to do he, we know he's going to he's MJF at the end of the day Yeah, we know he's going to be the devil you know he's going to do the heel thing and win that's probably how they're going to do it but come on let us just keep the bill where he's a heel the whole time mm-hmm. where yeah he's telling us one thing but we know he's going to stab us in the back we still know that it's just weird to do this because when the firm helps him out at full gear you're going to be like so what was the fucking sense of beating him up my opinion. To cast the illusion. No, I agree with you, but that's the whole thing. It, but this is something they've done in the past, and it's one area that I think they need to fix, in my opinion. Agreed. Well, that was a very long between the PSA and the opening segment. That was very long, but guys, thank you for staying with us. We're going to finally take our first break of the show. When we come back from this break, we are going to be talking Indie Roundup. We're going to talk Game Changer Wrestling. Hit them up. We're also going to talk about Glory Pro Wrestling's The Relentless, their first event on Fight Plus. Plus... There's huge forbidden door news that doesn't involve AEW. We're going to talk about that and more when we come back from this break. You look at me and you look divine. And you've been stuck inside my mind. All night. Well, I want to be adored. That's right, Ken M. Get that baseline, baby. Woo! It is time for the mid-card. 
of this week's edition of 607 TWS. Man, he gets in the zone when he gets this song going. Really, just the zone. Well, we're going to kick off this week's mid-card with some indie roundup. There's a couple big indie events that went down this past weekend that you should definitely check out. Both of them are on fight but in two different camps. So are you ready to talk about some indie wrestling, Ken M? Let's do it. Okay, so first off, we had Game Changer Wrestling. This went down late Saturday night because it was in Los Angeles, California, so 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is when this show started. And, of course, it came to us from the Ukrainian Cultural Center in Los Angeles, California, and it was GCW. Hit em up! Here's the card. In the opening contest, we had a steel cage match. Starboy Charlie defeated Juicy Finois in 13 minutes and 56 seconds. Very good opener. However, there's a little bit of controversy with this match because originally it was supposed to be Janela and Starboy Charlie versus the South Pacific Savages, which would be uh, Jacob Fatu and Juicy Finois. Unfortunately, Jacob Fatu double booked himself. Now, a lot of people took this as him pulling out of GCW and all this crazy shit went down. Well, the truth was actually this. He had booked himself to be at House of Glory first, forgot that that was the date, and then booked the GCW hit him update. When he remembered this past, this during this week is when it came up, he messaged uh, you Brett. Know, Brett, and Brett said, hey, listen, since you booked them first, honor theirs. That's the fair way to do this. And so there's no harm, no foul. They said that they'll do a match later on. Everything is good. It was just a misunderstanding. Of course, Jacob Fatu would go on to win the House of Glory World's Championship mm-hmm. at the HOG event. So I guess kudos to him for that. But that is the whole deal, and that's how the deal went down. Next up, we had a great match. One of my matches of the night, Yamato defeated Jordan oh. Oliver, 15 minutes and 26 seconds. Next up, Blake Christian defeated Flip Gordon, six minutes, 16 minutes and 52 seconds. It was really weird seeing Flip Gordon back, but I remember why I liked him. Mm-hmm. Next up, we had the GCW World Tag Team Titles on the line. Your champions, Los Macisos, Ciclope, and Miedo Extremo took on the Wolf Zaddies, Bad Dude Tito, and Chai Cabrera at the end of the day, and still the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champions, Los Macisos. Next was actually my pick for match of the night. Uh, just squeaking out Yamada and Jordan because it was super good. And just also Blake and Flip, which is super good. This card was good top to bottom. But Speedball Mike Bailey defeated Willie Mack, making his GCW debut in 19 minutes and 44 seconds. And this match was just phenomenal. Oh, my God. So good. Next up, we had an interesting match. Ali Catch, Tech on, Taya Valkyrie to a no contest, 11 minutes and 46 seconds. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the finish to this match mm-hmm. in a minute when we go back over our pluses and minuses for this event. After that, we had a fucking death match. Hunter Freeman defeated Jimmy fucking Lloyd, 8 minutes and 35 seconds. That would be followed up by an eight-man tag team match. Team West Coast add Joey Janela because <laughs> it was B-Boy, the bad boy Joey Janela, Kevin Blackwood, and Titus Alexander defeated the team of Dom Kubrick, Drugs Bunny, Jordan Cruz, and Rob Shit. 16 minutes and 15 seconds. Wrestling. And last but not least, the main event of the evening for the Game Changer Wrestling World's Championship, your champion, the man, the king, the god of this shit, Nick fucking Gage, defending the title against Leo Rush. This match got 28 minutes and 39 seconds at the end of the day, and still Game Changer Wrestling World's Heavyweight Champion, Nick fucking Gage. Now, let's go over some plus and minuses. Um, Let's just get into that convolutedness. Yeah. The biggest minus of the night 
and I understand storyline-wise why this happened. We'll talk about it. it was Ali Catch versus Taya Valkyrie. The match was going very well, uh, which you would expect from <laughs> Taya and Ali Catch, two of the best out there. And then a man came to the ring with a box. Ali Catch opens the box, sees what's inside the box, and takes off. Now, I get it. Storyline-wise, we've had this thing with Effie and Ali Catch and Charles Mason. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming the box comes from Charles Mason. I'm assuming it has something to do with Effie, who's not on the card. So I'm assuming that that's where all of this is going. However, I think they did a disservice in a, pr in a pretty good women's match to do this as the finish. I hated this finish. I absolutely hated this because I was super excited to see Ali and Taya. I was very amped up to see this. I understand doing a storyline, but I think this is wrong time, wrong place. It just didn't work for me. So I definitely need to see this ran back at some point. But I, yeah, this was a disappointment. In they my should book. have done this after the match ended. Yeah. They could have done it and it would and, have done the same thing. And especially it was weird too because the guy that came out with the box, he had his hands tied to the box with duct tape and duct tape on his mouth too. Like it was a weird like... Well, it's a Charles Mason thing. Yeah. He's weird. I get it. He's a serial killer whatever. But it's just fucking... I don't know. I, I just would have preferred it to be at the end of the match. Mm -hmm. uh, with that being said, though, you had three super fucking great matches on this card. Yamato versus Jordan Oliver, Blake Christian, and Flip Gordon, and Speedball Mike Bailey and Willie Mack. Every other match was entertaining and good. That was the only real hiccup to me. Uh, did, did you have any other pluses and minuses I might have missed? And what was your thoughts overall on the night for Game Changer Wrestling's Hit'em Up? Overall solid card. I... To be honest, I wasn't so sold on Nick Gage and Leo Rush. I think Leo had to really slow down his pace a lot, and I think it kind of threw it off a little bit for me. I think it was a little long. Yeah. I mean, it was fine, but it was long. Yeah, I think that's something that, obviously, you know is a very big clash of styles. And I just think, yeah, it just went too long. I was just like, all right, are we here yet? Are we here yet? And I nothing against both those performers. I'm a big fan of both. I, I thought overall, though, the card was solid. I mean, God, Speedball Mike Bailey and Willie Mack, what can you say about that? I, that was my match of the night. And that also came off against Yamamoto and um, Jordan Oliver, too. Like, that was great. Blake and Flip was awesome. Like, there was a lot of solid wrestling on this card, too. So, it just the two takeaways over the last ones of the night, though, like I said, I hated the women's match ending, and just the main event didn't do anything for me. Agreed, agreed. Uh, you know, once again, it's always a good time. Of course, we will be learning about their streaming deal or whatever they're doing with streaming on November 1st. Yes. That was already announced by Brett. So we're only a few we're hours away. Only a few hours to that. We're recording on Halloween night. You guys will get it on November 1st. So next week, we'll be definitely talking about that. GCW will be off next weekend. Uh, they will be returning Saturday, 11 12, and Sunday, 11 13. And on the 12th, they will be hitting you up with the Nick Gage Invitational from Chicago, Illinois. And the following night is the Wisconsin Dev Trip from Wisconsin. Mm. So uh, there's going to be have a great, and we have gotten the entire field, all nine entries for the NGI 7. We're going to give them right now before we move on. And the entire field is this. Uh, Mr. 3P of TOS, Alex Colon. Okay. One half of the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champions, Miedo Extremo. Mm -hmm. Hunter Freeman. From TNT in England, Big F and Joe. Sawyer Wreck. Coming back from Freedoms, Tasuke Sukuda. The other half of the GCW World Tag Team Champions, Cyclope, former Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champion, former GCW Ultra Violent Champion as well, and some believe him to be the best deathmatch wrestler in America, the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch. And last but certainly not least, and the last entrant added in, the King of Wreck Shit Mountain, Cole Radrick. Very solid field. 
I tell you what, Hunter Friedman, that's that's my pick to upset everybody right now. It could happen. It could happen. We will be breaking that down as closer it comes. But those are the nine entrants for this year's NGI 7. And then, of course, the very next night, they'll be returning to Wisconsin for the Wisconsin death trip. All of those are available on Fight. It's the same as that. They are still advertising them for Fight. So I'm assuming their streaming deal has something to do with Fight.tv. We'll know more about it by next week's show. So keep it posted. We do know something else cool about Fight, though, is they have Fight Plus, which they've had for a little bit. But they have now upgraded Fight Plus. And what Fight Plus is is for $4.99 $4.99 a month, $5, you get access to a bunch of wrestling, MMA, and boxing. Mm. And a lot of times it's older, uh, like a month old. You get sure. a lot of the wrestling revolver a month after they happen and stuff like that. But now they have worked in live events to sweeten the deal. Also, you get two fight credits a month just for being a member. That's so not bad. That can go towards ordering mm. pay-per-views. Now they're adding live stuff in. And they started it with absolute intense wrestling as they got them away from IWTV. Their new home is Fight Plus, and they've had two events on Fight Plus so far. This past Sunday, October the 30th, they had another group that finally is going to get paid because they were giving their stuff away on YouTube, which we love, and we love the company, and I'm just glad they're getting some money. And and you should, the $5 is worth supporting their monthly Absolutely. events alone. Not to mention you're getting AIW and other and other companies joining and all the stuff that you get that you get to watch a month after it happened. It's it, Fight Plus is for 5 bucks is super worth it. And that's not uh, that's not because they're sponsors, because they don't. I'm just telling you, as a wrestling fan, as a combat sports fan, you get some really cool shit. And Glory Pro now signing a deal with Fight Plus, having their first Fight Plus event this past Sunday, October 30th. And it was from the South Broadway Athletic Club in St. Louis, Missouri. Let's talk about it. The opening contest, Laney Luck defeated Shotza McKenzie. Next up, we had a six-man tag team match. Team STL, ATM, Benjamin Truss, and Moses defeated Crash Jackson, GPA, and Shuda. Next up, Jake Something defeated Ethan Price in a tables match. There was a United Glory tag team title match. Uh, Your champions, Grindhouse, Anakin Murphy, and Davey Vega defeated Bussy, Alley Cash, and Effie to retain the United Glory tag titles. Huge, huge win for them. Then we would get a three-way match where Heidi Howitzer defeated Blair Onyx and Heather Reckless in a three-way women's match. After that, in a singles match, Raheem De La Suede defeated Tootie Lynn. Oh, wow. In a last one standing match, Cody Lane defeated Dan the Dad in their continued feud. <laughs> and last, but certainly not least, for the crown of glory title, it was a four-way match. And at the end of the day, your champion, Camaro Jackson, defeated Kenny Alfonso, Mike Outlaw, and Rohit Roju to retain the uh, title, which, man, he's having a hell of a year. Tell you what, man, he is absolutely having a phenomenal year. That whole card, top to bottom, was solid. The only match I didn't get a chance to watch live was the 2D Lynn one. I'm a big fan of her, too. But everybody there has been doing some some great wrestling. And if you're not familiar with Glory Pro, it's well worth the price of admission alone. Jake, something, that table match was out of control. Oh, absolutely. I thought that was a tremendous match. Ethan Price is a, is a tremendous wrestler. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say enough about what's going on in Glory Pro. Worth the $5 a month to just have Fight uh, Plus just to see their shows. Not to mention you're going to get other shows as well. So Mm -hmm. make sure you guys are tuning in because I really do think it's one of the best products on the market today. That brings us to our last piece here in the mid card. And this is Japan. This is a big one. 
Pro Wrestling Noah, which is owned by New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, they made that merger, I do believe, what was it, uh, early in this year, right? It was, it was, it was yeah, probably it was, around it was March, April. Springtime. Well, anyways, Pro Wrestling Noah has got a big card coming up for their new year, uh, live from Nippon Budokan on 1-1 of 2023. It's going to be the first event for the year for Pro Wrestling Noah, and it is going to kick off the last few matches for the legendary Great Muda, who Great Muda has been over in Pro Wrestling Noah for a while now. He uh, most recently was the Pro Wrestling uh, Noah champion as, as late as last summer. Uh, he won the belt in the in the winter and held it for a few months before giving it up. And now he's going to be retiring towards the end of January. I do believe that is his slated last match. Mm-hmm. I do believe it's January 23rd. I could be off on that date. But what's important right now is the match that's going down on 1-1-23 from Nippon Budokan. This is Budokan Hall is one of the legendary buildings in Japanese wrestling. Mm-hmm. Noah doing a, their New Year's event there is a pretty big deal. And guess what? The main event of this show will face will have the great Muda in one of his final matches. I think he's only got two more after this. And in that main event, he will be going one on one with the King of Strong Style. That I no I did not stutter. No, no, no stuttering. The King of Strong Style, Shinsuke Nakamura, will be returning to Japan and pro wrestling Noah to take on the great Muda on 1123. No, Shinsuke's contract is not up. He just re-upped his WWE deal this past year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how long he re-upped, but it's been it's five years. You I think? think it's five. But he re-upped, so he's still under WWE contract. Forbidden door shit is happening as Great Muda will take on Nakamura on the 1st of January, 2023 for Pro Wrestling Noah. What are your feelings about this huge event, Ken M? Shocked in in all the right ways because, my God, I did not see this coming. I didn't think that this was even going to be possible, but this is... Like going on at the same time as Wrestle Kingdom, it, like what is almost a situation? What do you choose? I mean, honestly, this is such a dream main event to see happen. Never thought WWE was going to be uh, making this happen, but then again, Triple H is really making things positive for the fans and really making this go. Like I say, I'm kind of shocked and stuttering here because I'm so amazed that this is actually going to really go down. I think this is part of the deal with bringing over Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson still being the uh, never open weight champion. Of course, there was that controversy out there of the president of New Japan talking about forfeitures and they went back and forth. And, and everybody was like, oh, look, it wasn't a work. WWE stole him away. And it's like, no, 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 no. Then we found out about this. I'm like, yep, it was a work. And I, I do fully anticipate Carl Anderson defending the open never open weight title at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's already been worked out. And as a sign of you know peace giving or whatever, to, a to- token of appreciation, however you want to look at it, I think Triple H is allowing Nakamura to go over on the first to fight Great Muda in a tremendous match. If you know the story, Great Muda was one of the uh, mentors of Shinsuke Nakamura. So this is kind of like teacher and student in a last match. And this is going to be an amazing match in the ending of the career of the great Muda. Like I said, I do believe there's only two matches left after this. and uh, He's finishing up in January. And damn, this is going to be awesome to watch. And I'm going to make sure I order this and watch it live however I can. Because uh, I think this is 
a great main event to happen in. Kudos to WWE for working with Pro Absolutely. Wrestling Noah slash New Japan Pro Wrestling on this. Uh, real forbidden door shit right there. And who knows where this leads to, but I, I, I think this is just great. You know who wins? The wrestling fans in Japan and the United States. Whoever loves Japanese wrestling, whether it's Noah or New Japan or whatever, if you're a wrestling fan, period, you might want to tune in this. This is, good. This is legendary. This is going to be the end of a legendary career for Muda and Nakamura back in Japan. Putting out the karma now. Minoru Suzuki, Sheamus. I saw a fake uh, do-up for that. Yeah, but now I'm sold on that idea. Now that the picture has been put in front of my face, I'm there. Maybe we'll get that in a WWE ring. How oh, great would that be? Oh, my God. Just because, hey, he gave us a match. We'll give you a match. We'll just do some matches. Could you just imagine Minoru and the Royal Rumble? That'd be amazing. That'd be a great pick. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't. I, I think he's going to be done before then, but it would have been great to see Mood in the Rumble. Oh, that would be fantastic. I don't know if, because I think it's at the end of January. It could be February. I'll have to double check. But if that's possible, that would be a cool nod. Oh, Muda man. gets the. He's never been in the Rumble. He gets the a one time in the Rumble on his way out. That'd be cool. Yeah. Be a cool little tour for him to leave on. So uh, I'm a huge, great Muda mark. So I'm loving everything we're getting. And this is just a dream come true to have him take on Shinsuke Nakamura on the 1st of January. That's going to do it for the mid card. We're going to take our final break, and then we're going to come back with the main event of this week's 607 TWS. And we are going to break down the card that has been announced so far for WWE's crown jewel event going down this Saturday. We'll talk all of that and more right after this break. Wrestling fans, are you ready? Let's get ready to rumble! That's right, it's time to rumble. It is time for the main event of this week's edition of 607TWS. And it's time to preview a huge card that is going down this upcoming Saturday on the Peacock. Cock, cock, the, the peacock. peacock. That is right. Premium live event is back. And uh, it's it's one of the controversial ones. We'll be honest here. Mm. And that, of course, is from good old Rita, Saudi Arabia at the Mursul Park. And that, of course, is WWE Crown Jewel. Whenever they go to Saudi Arabia, it is it's controversial. Mm-hmm. You hear the word blood money get tossed around. Mm-hmm. You hear all this stuff. And here's what I'm going to say. Yes, they're getting paid a lot of money. And yes, as a company, sometimes you do things and, and, and you know, and, and we've been the first to tell you Saudi Arabia is questionable at best at their human rights practices. Mm-hmm. 
But the only way to change things sometimes is from within. Yep. And I'm not saying that WWE is doing this altruistic thing. I'm not trying to paint them as this great fucking savior company. But you do have to give the devil the due in the fact that we have seen women's wrestling. And you're going to see it again. Yes. In Saudi Arabia where women don't necessarily have rights. So the fact that women have wrestled now in Saudi Arabia and are wrestling again in Saudi Arabia is a big fucking bucket of win, in my opinion. I agree. And I agree. In Saudi Arabia, they're not allowed to drive cars. But now we get to see them in a match. Yeah, they got to cover up and all that. But you know what? It's worth the price. Yes. And I, I so if there's any win that has come out of the Saudi Arabian deal, it is women wrestling in Saudi Arabia. And that is a little bit of something. Mm-hmm. A, a little kernel truth. That's not the reason they're doing it. But it's a little bit of stuff that they throw in there. They're doing it for the money. And the money's good. Let's be honest. If I was running a wrestling promotion, I'm not saying I want to be in beautiful, progressive Saudi Arabia either. (laughs) (laughs) If they pay us right now, this podcast will become pro-Saudi Arabia (laughs) fucking tomorrow. Are you kidding me? You give me a fucking uh, 10% of what they're paying WWE, and you will hear me sing the praises of my my new fucking... I will will talk shit about whatever I want about any other country and how beautiful and great and progressive Saudi Arabia is. (laughs) You'll think I'm fucking nuts, but... Hey, listen, everybody's got a price. The Million Dollar Man taught me that when I was a kid. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, in Mississippi, there's a there's a price for ripping off the, the welfare system too, Ted. Just throwing it out there. Shooting from the hip, brother. All right, that's enough fun. <laughs> well, we're going to have fun during this card too, but that's enough fun. But I do oh, want to say man. this. For the first time since they've done these Saudi Arabia cards, this is feels like a must-watch. Every other time I've said that they were glorified house shows because mm-hmm. that's basically what they were. Yeah. Where's the harm in it? And this card feels like, oh, shit, I need to watch this. How are you feeling? Before we go over, how are you just feeling about Crown Jewel? It looks good on paper. Not going to lie. Like, And I agree with you. This actually feels like an event I need to watch because I'm right there with you. It's always felt like a glorified house show in the past, and I have always skipped it because I don't care. But this one definitely has my interest. Not so much the main event, but I will say the rest of the card definitely is on my radar. Agreed. Agreed. Although the main event is interesting. Main event's solid, but you know... I I get why they're doing it. And it's, by the way, perfect place to do it. Oh, exactly. Where there's a paying audience, where you're doing a paid show, and you're not doing it in the States, and the people who aren't going to watch, either because they disagree with the Saudi Arabian government, and if that's you, that's perfectly fine. That's the reason uh, I don't think we're going to be seeing Sami Zayn there. Yeah. Because he's refused to do it every time, and that is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Whatever your beliefs are, that is fine. I I really 100% support that. And if you look past and you watch it, I'm fine with that, too. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt them putting this on over there because then they can do different stuff over here. Right. So I dig it. There's one match on this card, though, that gets my interest and probably the reason I'm going to watch this event. Let's just be honest. Let's talk about this event, though. I won't be watching it live, unfortunately, because I'll be at a football game now. Let's talk about the event, though. Let's break down this card uh, and give our picks. First up, tag team a match for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, your champions, the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, taking on the number one contenders, the Brawling Brutes, Ridge Holland and Butch. What do you think is going to happen in this match, Ken M? And how do you feel about it? Love this match. Love the buildup for it. Uh, it's going to still be in still, but this is going to be a great match. I'm also voting in still, but this is going to be a hard-hitting match. I'm here to see this match. This is a fucking good match. Next up, speaking of women, we are getting the uh, last woman standing match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Your champion, Bianca Belair, taking on the leader of damage control, Bailey. I'm going to say, um, before I pass it over to you, I'm going to say, you know what? I want to say and new, 
But I'm going to say, and still in Saudi Arabia, I think that they're building to this bigger thing. I think you you were the one that sold me on this before. They've been making it out so Bailey keeps losing her mind a little more every time she can't get the job done. I think she's not going to get the job done here. No, I fully think we're going to have and still. I think this is going to just build up for Bailey eventually just snapping completely. And obviously with Nikki Cross getting added into the mix somewhere in this, I still think it's going to be Bianca's all day, every day. Uh, yeah, great point. I think you're absolutely 100% right. Next up, we have the Battle of the Giants. Braun Strowman taking on Omos with MVP in his corner. Break it down, Ken. Well, this is going to be an interesting test for Omos, but I still think Braun Strowman is going to take this one outright. I think it's going to be a nice challenge of you know the, the Battle of the Monsters, so to speak. But I just don't think Almost is there yet. I think they want to get Braun built up a little bit because you never know if they might have to plug and play him as an opponent for Roman soon. First of all, I've said for a while now, Braun Strowman's a utility player. That's the big reason to bring him back. I think this is a good big win for him, seeing him beat a gi- another giant who is a lot bigger than him yes. as far as height. Uh, seeing them next to each other was kind of crazy. I didn't realize how gigantic Almost really is until you're seeing him standing next to another massive man. Uh, but I think that between that and the Saudis loving him, Braun Strowman's coming out with the win. And uh, yeah, I think they're going to keep him in line. So that way, if they want, they can uh, kill some time with him versus Roman for the belt or whatever they want to plug and play him in because he's a great utility player because as i've said before a big giant who can get stuff done in the ring like braun Strowman, is a good thing to have on that bench you can keep him busy with other things but when you need to plug and play you don't need a story for the monster to get a title shot right bottom line also it's an easy way to go hey we need to build somebody up next up we have a steel cage match as Drew McIntyre will go one-on-one once again with Karrion Cross, This is going to allegedly keep there from being outside interference. But I don't know. Usually this, the cage doesn't always work. But I will say this. So far, Karrion Cross has gotten the best of this feud. It has definitely built him into a main eventer. I think Drew McIntyre will get some wins. Back. He will get the win this night and get some of that steam back. It will not hurt Karrion Cross to lose here just because they've already built him up. And either you can continue this feud or you can splinter them out to other things currently and then bring them back together some other time. So I'm looking forward to this being the short-term blow-off and Drew McIntyre taking the win. Your thoughts, Ken? Man, this one actually could be a coin flip for me. I could see it going that way. In fact, I will say Drew right now, but I'm not down carrying pulling off the win if they want to extend this one more time to Survivor Series. That would be the only thing. I think it's done win, lose, or draw at Survivor Series, but if they want to blow it off now to set up something, this is a perfect time to do it, but Drew is ultimately going to get a win somewhere here. Uh, But I'll go with it for the sake. I think he gets the win over here. Good points, good points. Next up, we got a six-man tag team match. The OC, AJ Styles, and the Good Brothers, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, taking on the Judgment Day, the Prince Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley in their corner, as always. And, of course, she's the big X Factor. You never know. Do they have a solution for the Rhea problem coming into uh, Saudi Arabia? Maybe Maybe not, but at the end of the day, they're going to have to figure that out. If the OC wants to take home that victory, what's your thoughts on this match, Ken M? Since the rosters are both going to be there, I think this is going to be Judgment Day via help from Rey Mysterio. That's I think he's going to come somehow sneak in there and play a factor. And that's how we're going to sub. What? War Games. I almost did your gimmick, so I'm sorry about that. It's but right. yes, it's going to set up. Wall games. Once again, just so JVD can get very excited. One last time. Wall games. Okay. 
Beautiful. Yeah, uh, I'm going to agree with you. I think that uh, Judgment Day is going to go over here by nefarious reasons. Mm -hmm. If it's Rey Mysterio, it would be perfect because that would probably get a pop from the Saudi Arabian crowd at first before he costs the OC of the match. Once again, not costing them the match because he wants to join Judgment Day, though, only to protect his son. Although... Dominic Mysterio, man, I've not been a big fan of his in the ring because I don't think he gets it done in the ring. And Agreed. on the mic, he's just as bad. And comparing himself to Eddie oh, Guerrero recently cringe. made me go, fuck this dude. So, uh, I, honestly, I have nothing for Dominic Mysterio. Nothing. <laughs> so, I hope at the end of the day, Edge puts him through a table or something and they ship him back to NXT. No, I agree with you. Or to the NXT for the first time. Well, that's where he needs to go. I'm sorry. Like, if we're giving the opinion about his ability, that's where he needs to go and stay there for a while. I'm sorry. That promo was cringy. There was nothing good that he's been doing up here. And then I understand you're trying to make him a heel, but he's not getting over. Like, he's not getting any reaction. This is where you need to send him to NXT, pair him up with some people down there, and really try seeing what he's got. Because right now on the main roster, he's not doing it. Well, I'll tell you this, barring barring uh, this New Japan Noah WWE partnership that it looks like at least comfortable being, barring them suddenly allowing somebody to come over like a Jay White or, you know, insert other member of the Bullet Club or New Japan roster, I think we're going to get Edge with the OC taking on Judgment Day with Rey Mysterio at War Games. So I think they're all building there. Could be wrong, but I really think that that's what they're building to. No, I agree. I would love to see Rhea involved and, and, and you know, another woman, but you know what? You can't just have two women in the match that only can interact with each other, and WWE does not like intergender wrestling. Yes, I know she's been beating up guys, but you notice that it's not gone the other way. Mm -hmm. That is intentional. So it's just uh, how WWE does business. It is what it is. Now, if it was if they did intergender wrestling, then yes, add another badass woman in the mix and call it a day. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the two big main events of the evening, because I would call both of these main events. And the first one is the reason why I w probably will watch the show. And that is, we're finally getting it. The Beast, Brock Lesnar, going one-on-one -on -one with the almighty Bobby Lashley. And I've been waiting for this train wreck in a great way for a long time. And we're finally going to get it this Saturday in Saudi Arabia. The breakdown is simple. You got two big bulls. They're about to lock horns. Or as Biggie used to say, two big sweaty men slapping meat. This match is not going to be a technical fest. It is going to be a fucking fight, and I am here to see it. I don't think this match goes more than 10 minutes because it doesn't need to. And I think in that 10 minutes, we're going to see two trains collide, and it's going to be the most epic thing you ever see, in my opinion. And at the end of the day, my heart wants Bobby Lashley to win. But I think that they're going to probably try to run this back in the States. So I think the Beast gets the victory and Brock Lesnar goes over. I agree with you completely, but I'm going to say Lashley gets the win here, but Brock can't handle it. And then that's what causes the rematch in the States. I think that I, I just think for some reason, I think over there, they'll let Brock win and then they come back and Lashley, so, you know, maybe have a little bit of controversy. Like maybe a tap out that's not a tap out. Okay. And then Lashley's like, no, 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 we're going to run it back in the States and we get that big match here. I, I, or you could do it the other way. That's also smart. Lashley wins and Brock's like, fuck this. Yeah. I need a rematch. Yeah. So I, either way, I think this is not the last time no, we're going to see no, these two no, big this. bulls lock horns, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Last but not least is the scheduled main event of the evening for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. Your champion, the big dog, the head of the table, that tribal chief, Roman Reigns, is going to go one-on-one -on -one with social media... YouTube content creator megastar, Logan Paul. Ken, 
I'll let you break this down first, and I'll jump in after. All right, so you got Logan Paul who's had a couple matches in the WWE, and he has looked phenomenal. Say what you will about him. If you love him or you hate him, you can't deny his ability. He can go in the ring, and he has shown it. But he's had some great dance partners. That's the one key factor to be in there with. He is now stepping up against the biggest competition he's had in his professional wrestling career in one Roman Reigns, the man that is the true needle mover that every segment he is in is must watch and can really have an iconic match with him if they get enough time to do, which they will. This, though, is just going to be a nice filler match because Logan Paul is not winning. I'm, they can try selling it and try making him like he's going to be the next big thing. But this is Roman Reigns all day. This is not even going to be close. I mean, they will have a, a very good match. I could see him going about 20 minutes about this one, maybe a little longer. But at the end of the day, it's going to be end still. You know, I'm also agreeing. And still for Roman Reigns, I do like that this is a nice little stop. Honestly, you know, a lot of people were complaining about Logan Paul getting a title match here. First of all, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's Saudi Arabia. Yeah. This is a good attraction for a paid audience. You know what I mean? Also, with it being his third match, you're in there with a great uh, dance partner. And Logan Paul is a megastar. The people in Saudi Arabia know who Logan Paul oh, is. Oh, absolutely. And he is, he's been done really well in the ring. I think he'll have a decent show out. The, you know, the big dog knows what he's doing in there. And I think that they're going to have a nice little match. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. I'm not saying it's going to be match of the year. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to put out a nice little 20, 25-minute clinic where you're going to come out of it going, oh, shit, this was better than I thought. So the people shitting on it might want to pump the brakes because I really think that's going to happen here. And all it's going to do, listen, a loss for Logan Paul is not going to hurt him at, in the least. No. He's losing to the most dominant WWE champion in the last, what, 30, 40 years is what they're they're, they're claiming. And they're, they're true. They're Right. It's true, right? This man hasn't lost since 2020, mm-hmm. and he's been the WWE uh, Universal Champion, just the Universal Champion, for going on three years. It's two and a half years at this point in juncture. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fucking ridiculous, and nobody's tired of it yet. No. <laughs> that's, be- the, that's the point. Well, the one thing that they've been so smart is they finally, when they made the decision to turn him heel, pairing with Paul Heyman, Heyman took his game up a whole different level with the promos, and he's been running with it. And it's the little mannerisms he does. If you want to talk, just take it to just past Friday and the segment with Jey Uso and Sami Zayn, and when Jay was getting all heated, arguing with Sami, and he goes, I don't care about the tribal chief, and just that little gesture, just Roman just snapped. Dude, that his was head. great. That was phenomenal. But that is just the elevation of the character and the performance that he's doing that is making him must-watch TV. Because you would say four years ago, would he be doing that? No, hell no. I think that he's in this whole nother level. I think he's transcended a lot of things. He is the biggest star in wrestling, and, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. And once again, he's going to walk out champion, but I think this elevates Logan Paul. Oh, absolutely. I think that the two of them are going to go out there, and I, I mark my words, they're going to have a good match. What we've seen from Logan Paul so far, we know he's capable, and Roman Reigns is at the level where he can you know, uplift him. Logan will lose, but he's going to lose to the most dominant champion. And it's also just going to raise his stock. So the next time we see Logan Paul, because we know he's signed to WWE, Mm -hmm. so we know we're seeing him again, you know he's already in a higher food chain. You know, yeah, I lost to Roman, but I I put on a show with the big dog at a big event. And that is going to be a cap in the feather of Logan Paul as he goes forward. And I've said it before. I wouldn't be surprised if he continues on the trajectory he is. One day we're going to look at WWE champion Logan Paul. And if people are pissed off about that, I'm sorry. I don't understand why. Because he's shown talent, and if he keeps improving the way he's improved every time, and he keeps getting opportunities, and the fucking star power he brings, not just from outside of WWE, but also when he's in WWE, when they turn this man heel, he's going to be a top heel in this business. It just This goes bookend to the PSA from earlier. Separating the person from the ability. 
Oh, absolutely. That's that's why it is because. Although it, you know what, he's gone through some changes. Yeah, sure, sure. Credit. He's gotten absolutely. a lot better in his older age. But if you want to hold shitty things against him, you still can. I get it. Yeah, but you can't argue the kid is trying and he's doing a great job in wrestling. No, absolutely, and that's the whole point that you you have to look at the performance in the ring and he is doing things that people around there have not been able to do in quite some time. Like he's just on a different level right now. The only other celebrity they brought in that's been as good, Bad Bunny. Yeah. And if Bad Bunny wasn't uh, busy selling out everywhere around the world, I'm sure he would be uh, signed to and doing more dates. I do hear that he's probably going to be back for WrestleMania, though. Oh, can you imagine those two at Mania? Oh, I would love that match. Yeah. Honestly, usually you would cringe two celebrities. No. But the fact that both of them have worked hard at this craft, and by then Logan probably will be at this next level of of his career. Mm -hmm. So he would be able probably to carry anything that bad bunny can't accomplish. But bad bunny does it is good there too. I'm just going to throw it out there. I I would pay to see that match. Yeah, honestly. And if, if you want it, that's fine. That's your opinion. I'm telling you, it's going to surprise you just like a lot of haters out there are going to be surprised with the performance he puts on in Saudi Arabia at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Once again, this Saturday, November the 5th from Saudi Arabia, it is on the Peacock. Cock, cock, the, the peacock. peacock, and it starts at noon Eastern time. Uh, I'll unfortunately be at a football game, but I will be watching this replay, waiting on bated breath, staying away from the, well, ESPN will fucking spoil the event for me <laughs> because I have ESPN alerts and WWE is on them, but it is what it is, but I'll still be going to watch because you know what? You can tell me who wins every match known to man, and I still want to see what happens in between those ropes. That's where I'm at with wrestling. That is bringing us to the end of the main event segment and the end of 607 TWS this week. One more time for the folks at home. Ken M, tell them how to find you in the ODPH. Very simple. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com for social media links for the T Public Store, the Patreon, the Friends of the Show, which is under the classified section where you can find 3FN and a lot of other great people. Uh, Parlay Points Block section. If it's anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can be found at ODPHpodcast.com. We got our Patreon link, our T Public link, the Friends of the Show link for the ODPH and more, our musical directory, uh, the local sponsors who bring it to you commercial free, including the number one sponsor for 607TWS, Dragon Master Games. Visit them online uh, for your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs at DragonMasterGames.com. Thank you for supporting us and the 8122 Production Studios and everything we do here, including being the prime sponsor for 607TWS. And all the social medias and everything else. Remember, hashtag 607TWS when talking about the wrestling show. Hashtag 3FNPod whenever talking about the 3FN Podcast. You can find all that information simply enough. 3FNPodcast.com. Keep that short and sweet and simple. I'm starting to nail that down a little quicker because, yeah. Yeah. Well, with that being said, we are done with this week's episode of 607TWS. We'll be back next week to review WWE Crown Jewel, talk whatever action's happening in AEW on their build to full gear. We'll also be previewing the NGI and Wisconsin Death Trip from GCW and whatever else pipe up in the world of pro wrestling. Until then, for myself, for Ken M, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, Later, wrestling fans! If you take my hand We could order Chinese food Get high and then watch New Japan Maker, my heart so damn hard I can't.